Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Well, amen. You doing well today? Good. All right. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Psalm 85. Man, my God is so good. Is your God good? Actually, I'm sorry. Did I tell you? Did I tell you 85, 88? I'm sorry. Let me tell you a story while you're turning there. Some of you know this story. Some of you maybe not have heard it before, but I'll tell it to you. It was 2013, July 2013. We were at the beach, having a great time at the beach. I mean, you know, the beach is a wonderful place. It's so outweighs camping. Okay, well, I'm just telling you, I'm just always, always camping. And we're at the beach, we're having a great time, it's just fun, we're there, about the third day we've been there, and we went swimming all day, messed around all day. We went out and played miniature golf that night late. I believe I won, Jason. Yes, I was, well, okay, no, just stay over there and be quiet. All right, and we had miniature golf, we were walking back to the house, and we all decided it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night, we're going to go for a swim, it's going to be great. So I'm being the big kid that I am, I ran upstairs to the third floor where our room was of the house we had, and I'm going to get changed quick, and I'm going to run down, and I'm going to turn the light poles on, and the lights on at the pole, and just get everything ready for everybody. And so I go out the door, and I go running down the first set of steps, and then I hook the left to go around the corner, only to realize there were two more steps I missed. Yeah, I was here, the floor was there, and all I know is I was going in midair, because, see, the newel post was here, not there. And, it, see, the problem was it was dark. I mean, it was probably not a great idea to run in the dark in a place that you're not used to. And I'm running, and I'm, all of a sudden I find myself, and I'm going through the air, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good. And, and I had just had rotator cuff surgery two months before that on my shoulder, and, and I didn't want to hurt it, so I'm kind of protecting it. And everything landed on this leg, and I heard this incredible snap. And I heard this incredible, and I had this incredible pain. And next thing I know, I'm on the floor of the deck. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a commercial. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> and I'm laying there, and I'm thinking, my leg just broke. And, and I, I'm like, what am I going to do now? It's dark, and it's late, and nobody's out here. And, and so, so I start to slide myself over to the wall so I can bang on the wall of the house when my son-in-law comes out of the, his floor, which is the second floor, and he looks at me and he says, what are you doing? <laughs> Duh. I said, I can't get up. I said, I, I think I broke my leg. And from that point on, it was like really a fiasco because like, you know, Patty Bracken was there taking pictures. <laughs> you have a picture, right? Yeah, you did. You took a, she took a picture. Actually, I told her to. All right, but but so Elena, and then and then it's like okay, here I am on the second floor. We got to get to the and so now they're calling nine one one to get an ambulance to come to help me because I got this broken leg and nobody can find the address to the house we have, which we found out later was hidden from all the snacks we keep on the counter. Finally, they come and then I'm like, okay, how are they going to get me down? And they bring this thing up called a stair chair. They strap me on this sucker. Looks like it has bulldozer tracks on it. And they put you on it. And the next thing you know, you're leaning over the steps like, oh, my gosh, if they let it go, I'm going to die. <laughs> Went to the 
hospital, got an x-ray. They said, it's not broken. I said, good, praise God, that's awesome. The guy said, maybe. Only to find out, make a long story short, what actually happened was the snapping sound was my quad tendon ripping off of my kneecap. Yeah, the, the part that makes your leg go like this. Well, my leg didn't go like this. It just went, all right? And so now it is gone. And I had to have surgery. And I was in 10 weeks in an immobilizer where I had to keep my leg straight. And it was a pain. And oh my gosh, I would never want to go through that again. And it all happened because I was running down the steps in the dark. And how many know sometimes the darkness can trip you up? Sometimes the darkness can just trip you up. You know, there's a, there's a scripture here in Psalm 88 written by a guy named Heman or Haman. All right. And Haman was a, a psalmist. He was a singer. He was a songwriter. He was part of David's uh, regime. And it was part of David putting people into the temple to serve. Um, he was a songwriter. He was a musician. He was the grandson of the great Samuel, the judge Samuel the final judge of Israel who actually appointed King David. His family is well known. He had 14 sons and three daughters, the scripture tells us. All right, they were present when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the temple. All right, he served the king. This was a man, the Bible tells us. Let me give you a couple of scriptures that kind of just kind of set up who he was. All right, let me give you the first one. It's First Chronicles 16. With them were Haman and Jeduthun and the rest of those chosen and designated by name to give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now, I want you to see this. He was a man designated by name to give thanks to the Lord. Can I say something to you this morning? Can I tell you that as a believer, you have been, you have been by name designated to give thanks to the Lord? All right? Let me show you another scripture, just setting up who this man was. It says that David, together with the commanders of the army, set apart some of the sons of Asaph, Haman, and Jeduthun, for the ministry of prophesying, accompanied by harps, lyres, and cymbals. So here was a man appointed by David, appointed by God, through David, to be a musician, all right, who would accompany the ministry of prophesying at the place of God. Another scripture, 1 Chronicles 25. All these were the sons of Heman, the king's seer. They were given him through the promises of God to exalt him. God gave him 14 sons and three daughters. He was given children to exalt him in the land. Interesting verse. And the last one just kind of sets this up. The Bible says that he was wiser, 1 Kings 4, he was wiser than all other men. Wiser than Ethan the Ezraite and Haman, Calco, and Darda. Now this Bible is talking, this is talking about Solomon. And it was using Haman as an illustration of how wise Solomon was. And so here you have a man in these four scriptures. Here's a man who had great wisdom. Here was a man that was to use his musical ability to bring about the spirit of prophecy. Here was a man who had exceptional sons and he had a, a, a man who was to serve the king. Let me just parallel that with our lives as believers. How many know this morning that we're to be people of godly wisdom? One person over there, two over there, the rest of you there. All right? We are to be people of godly wisdom. Why? Because how many know the Spirit of God lives inside of us? If the Spirit of God lives inside of you, how many know you can assume that you can receive wisdom from God? All right? That we are to be a people of a prophetic nature. Come on. Right? We are to be a people who serve the King. We are to be a people who are in the 
are to praise and serve God and produce a godly heritage. Now, you say, why am I setting all this up? Because here's the man that is, has this wonderful reputation being used by God, prophetic nature, music nature, songwriter, uh, godly father, godly heritage, and yet there are times when he was surrounded by darkness, and the darkness tries to shut up the voice of God. The darkness tries to shut up the sound of God. It tries to consume it and silence it, to cause a different sound to be um, produced, to cause a different vision to be seen. How many know it's harder to see in the dark than it is the daylight? I promise you, in the daylight, I would have not missed those last two steps. I might have tripped over them, but I'd have seen them. Right? That the darkness clouds perspective. All right? And I want to speak to you this morning because I believe that there are some people in this house that are going through some dark times, have gone through some dark times, will go through some dark times. Anybody ever been there? All right? Now, let's see what this man of God had to say. Psalm 88. He says, Lord, you're the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to my cry. I'm overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I'm like one without strength. I'm set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Hmm. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You've overwhelmed me with all your waves. You've taken me from my closest friends and made me repulsive to them. I can find and cannot escape. I mean, this is a guy who's a songwriter who wrote a song. How would you like to sing this in worship today? Boy, this will encourage you, won't you? You're going to uplift my spirit now. He says, you, um, I call to you every day. I spread my hands out to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love... Declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction. Are your wonders known to the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? How many of you ever felt like God hid from you? Anybody? Played hide and seek with you. Sometimes we, sometimes we think God's playing hide and seek with us when he's in plain sight. Think about that for a moment. It's not because he's hiding, it's because we don't see him. Uh, I was, we were painting the basement yesterday. And so what do you do when you're painting the basement with three children? You give them three small rollers and let them go to town. As long as they're ahead of you so you can follow them up. Liam goes upstairs for something and he's the only one there and he comes back down. And he said, Pap, where are you? I'm hiding. And he's looking everywhere and I'm standing there looking at him. He could, he, I was not hiding. I literally was there and he could not see me for some reason. And I have no idea. Obviously because he wasn't looking. Let me tell you something this morning. God's not hiding. You're just not seeing him. You're just not recognizing him. From my youth I've suffered and been close to death. I've borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long they surround me like a flood. They've completely engulfed me. Last verse, you have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. Wow. That all lights you up today, right? Thank you, Pastor, for all those wonderful words from the Psalms. But let me talk to you for about this moment. Here's a man for whatever's going on in his life. He's facing a dark time. He's facing dark moments. And I will say to you this morning that all of us at one time or another or will have been in dark places have had dark moments, have had dark situations where we've felt surrounded by darkness.
It can be a moment of overwhelming trouble. Have you ever been overwhelmed? It can be a moment of weakness. He said, my strength is gone. It can be a moment of isolation. He said, where are my friends? Have you ever felt the loneliness of dark? A moment of grief, a moment of feeling rejected by God's people. Darkness can come in all kinds of sorts of manners and situations and circumstances. It can come through the loss of father, son, daughter, sister, brother. It can come through the darkness of sin. How many know sin will cause darkness in your life? It comes through the, dark, the darkness of confusion. You ever been confused? Anxiety, worry, enemy activity. How many know the enemy wants you to live in darkness? It can be overwhelming. It can hinder your ability to see. It hinders your ability to walk. It hinders your ability to run, at least down steps. It hinders your ability to discern and to make decisions. It hinders you. Without light, darkness rules. Hmm. Without light, darkness is in charge. Without light, darkness is consuming. Without light, darkness is deceiving. It'll conceal what is present. Without it, you stumble around in darkness. Without light, you trip and you fall. Without light, you may be confused. You see, I don't know exactly how things ended for Haman. I don't know if he came out of this funk or not. I don't believe it's a song of unbelief. I do think it is a crisis of faith. Anybody ever had a crisis of faith? It's okay to have a crisis of faith, amen? Because God is the one who's able to increase your faith. But this message today is not about darkness. Does everybody say? <laughs> it's about light. It's about light. Let me read you a scripture. Very familiar. I'm just using this guy to set up how many of us have felt at times. Weak. In darkness. Confused. Rejected. Isolated. Mourning. Grief. Sorrow. Darkness. But the Bible tells me, and what we're doing today is another, ser another message in the It Is Written series because I can't seem to get away from it for very long. But the Bible tells me in Psalm, and put that verse up, Psalms says, your word is a lamp for my feet, light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. You see, I, I wanna talk to you this morning on another message in that series that's simply entitled, it is written to light up the darkness. Let me tell you something. If you're experiencing some darkness in your life today, I cannot stress to you enough to get into the Word of God. I cannot stress to you enough to hear the voice of God. And when we're talking about the Word, we're talking about the written Word and the spoken Word of God. How many know God still speaks to people? Anybody tells you He doesn't speak to people, they're crazy. Tell them, read the Bible, and then God will speak to them. The promise of Scripture is that God's word would light up the darkness. This amazing God who loves us so much that sees us in our dark times that'll bring a word to make it, uh, bring illumination. This amazing God who gives light in the midst of darkness, speaks to words. And, and so I wanna talk to you for a few moments and I'll try not to be real long. I mean, would three hours be okay? You know, some of you lie, lie very well. So let me take you through a series. I begin to pray about this. Say, Lord, help me bring this out today in a, in a concise fashion, in a clear fashion, in an enlightening fashion. Get it? 
All right? Now listen to me for a moment. Let, let's talk about this. So the Bible says the word of God, the word, his word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the first thing I'm thinking about this, what does light do? Light illuminates. How many know you cannot escape darkness by merely trying to escape darkness? If you want to escape darkness, there has to be an infusion of light. You cannot escape darkness without an infusion of light. Right? The reason you have mourning is because the light comes up. The sun comes up. The word of God is the illumination that brings revelation in my dark times. The word of God is the illumination that brings revelation to my dark times. So now, when I'm going through dark times, when I'm going through those moments in my life where darkness is trying to surround me, where is it that I can get some clarity? Where is it that I can get some perspective that isn't clouded? Where is it that I can get something that helps me walk and navigate through this dark time? Well, the Bible tells me it's the Word of God. When I get into God's written Word or I also get into His presence because let me know in His presence, He will speak a word to you. Yes, thank you. Praise the Lord. Obviously, some of you need him to speak more to you. Right? The word of God reveals what's in the darkness. Now, think about this for a moment. I got to thinking about this. How is it that that happens? How is it that God's word lights up the path? How is it that God's word is a lamp under my feet? How is it that it brings illumination? All right? And I got to thinking about this, Okay? And here's, the, here's what I came down to, that, that the reason that this happens is because of this. Let me read you a scripture. Now, let me go. The Bible says in 1 John that what? That God is. No, no, you're supposed to fill in the blank. The Bible tells me in 1 John that God is. God is light. God is light. Okay. How many of you would say Pastor Micah is a good guy? Okay, I'll tell you the rest later. Okay, so how many expect that, in, that if you look at him and you say, you know what? He's a good guy. He's a good man. Then you would expect what comes out of him to be, right? Because how many of you know that our words are typically a representation of who and what we are? Okay, so now, think about this for a moment. So now the Bible says that God is light. If God is light, then his words have to be light because his words cannot be something that he is not. God is not, so let me say this to you. God is not the author of your darkness because in him there is no darkness, the Bible says. So therefore, if God is not darkness, say to me, listen to me this morning, he's not the author of your darkness. All right? He's not gonna speak words of darkness to you. The word of God invades the darkness, penetrates the darkness. The word of God is a light that shines in the darkness of sorrow, in the darkness of rejection, in the darkness of shattered dreams and delayed dreams, in darkness of death, job loss, health issues, or whatever else you may be facing. The word of God is that brings revelation, but God is light. Therefore, his word has to be light. Let me say something to you this morning. Some of you are trying to get out of a dark place. And the reason you can't get out of the dark place is because there's no word. There's no word. There's no word of God. 
You're trying to get out of the darkness that seems to surround you with a bunch of advice from darkness. How many knows those sitting in darkness with you are not going to get you out of the darkness? And isn't it funny, some of, the, some of our best counselors are those who are in the same place we are. You are trying to get out of the dark places that surround you with wonderful self-help messages. Praise the Lord, how good they are. We don't need self-help, we need God help. The answer is not inside of me, the answer is in the Word of God. Let me say it again. The answer is not inside of you. The answer is in the Word of God. The answer is through the Spirit of God who lives inside of you. we got to get away from some of this stuff that's getting preached some days. Oh, boy. I knew I shouldn't have drank that more caffeine. All right, you're trying to get out of dark places with, self, a new, with a bunch of new age mumble jumble crap, with a bunch of memes. That we, we got all these memes being posted on Facebook that sound great, but they're not godly at all. There's no Bible basis for them. They're unbiblical. I saw, I saw one not long ago. I'm like, well, that's stupid. That's not God. Boy, that sounds good. Don't worry. I might message you and call you out on it. Uh-oh. Like, literally, I'm reading and going, that is the exact opposite of what the Bible teaches. No, I'm not going to tell you which one it was. Just telling you. You're trying to get out of darkness with words from darkness. You're trying to get out of darkness with words from others that are in the darkness with you. You'll never get out of darkness without light. And you'll never get light without the word of God. And you'll never get light that isn't from God. The enemy surrounds us sometimes with darkness. The great thing about it is God's word is a weapon against the enemy. The Bible says in Psalm 18... Indeed, you are my lamp, Lord. My God illuminates the darkness around me. You see, this message is that God is light, therefore his word has to be light. This is the message we heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there's no darkness at all. As I've already told you, God cannot be what, God cannot be what he is not. God cannot be darkness. God cannot be darkness. When I say that God's word is a lamp to my feet, it's the same as saying God is a lamp to my feet. But how many know God and his word are the same and there's no deviation between them? It's kind of funny. Sometimes we got God and we got the word. How many know they're one and the same? When you speak, when you speak in truth, your words flow from the essence of who you are. There's no darkness in God. There's no shadows in God. If God is light, then his word, whether spoken or written, is light to illuminate the darkness. If God is light and the word is light that shines in the darkness, then it's God who's in your midst. Think about this. Jesus made a statement. What did he say? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Again, Jesus says, believe in the light while you have the light so you become children of light. You see, you got to understand this morning that God's word is a lamp and a light, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path because God is light. God's word is a light to my path is the same as God is a light to my path. There's no deviation between God's word and God. 
Like literally, I can say God's word told me, but how many know that's the same as God telling me? If, if your mother comes to you and says your father said, how many of you know that's good enough? Right? Now, don't try that other trick. Well, mom said, if you said, how many kids ever tried to pull that one? That's how we got a boxer one time. Yep, many, many years ago. We had two dogs. My nephew called and said, Pastor Uncle Jim, we got, we got a boxer. You want a, bo- I want a boxer? I said, you're crazy. Don't call here again. My daughter says, oh, we want a boxer. We want a, I want a boxer. I want a boxer. I don't care if you want a boxer. We're not getting a boxer. We have two dogs already. So she pouts, as girls do, because they try to get daddy's heartstring. It's okay. She still does it. I can say that. She's over there teaching. Month goes by. I'm working on the pole. All of a sudden, she comes out and says, hey, Josh called. He still has that boxer. I don't care. We're not getting a boxer. We got two dogs. Ain't happening. Fine. Mom said, mom said it'd be okay, but she said you never say yes. Oh, well. Okay. Ten minutes go by. What? She doesn't want that boxer any more than I want that boxer. She just threw me under the bus, made me the bad guy. Hey, Tony, come here. Want that boxer? Call Josh, Tom. We'll take it. What? Yeah, call Josh, Tom. We'll take that boxer. Okay. No, she runs, calls Josh. We'll take the boxer. She calls her, her mother at work. Guess what? Guess what? Dad said we could have that boxer. He what? Put him on the phone. Hello? Hello? <laughs> Are you not crazy? Have you lost your mind? What? You told her we can get that boxer? Uh-huh. We already have two dogs. Yeah, I know. But I said, next time you want me to be the bad guy, you better be there too. <laughs> we got a boxer. <laughs> and then she adopted me when Tony went off to college. Listen to me. The word comes from God. The word of God is the same authority as God. Think about this for a moment. So what happens? What happens? You see, because what happens is when God brings you his light into the darkness. I want to tell you what the greatest revelation of that is. The greatest revelation that happens when God brings his light is this. It is this right here. The greatest revelation of his word in the darkness is a revelation of him who is with you in the darkness. The word gives me a revelation of my father. The word gives me a revelation of my mighty God who's walking with me, of the shepherd who guides me, the shepherd who leads me, the father who loves me. It's a revelation of him who is with me. I I don't know about you, but that excites me that I've got a glimpse of the one who's not over there watching me go through the darkness, who's watching me go through the flames, who's watching me go through the water, but the Bible tells me he's there with me. Let us never forget that he is the one who's walking through it with us. Now, let me tell you what happens. So here's what happens. So God's word then becomes the illumination that brings revelation. Come on. God's word is the illumination that brings a revelation into our life. It reveals what's in the darkness. 
Now, how many of you know when you were a kid, when you went to a dark bedroom, you just knew there was a monster under the bed? Which is why you had a nightlight. Because that light dispelled what lived in that darkness. My grandson has a Spider-Man nightlight. Like, that won't freak him out when he's older. Right? But there was something about light that this made that fear dissipate. Because light brought a revelation of what was really there and what wasn't there. Now, so his word brings illumination that brings revelation that brings a foundation. You say, what, what in the world is he talking about? Follow me now for a moment. So the Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet. How many know that my standing is only as good as my feet that I stand upon? Right? Cut off my feet, I'm in bad shape. Take my quad tendon off my kneecap, I'm in bad shape. Right? You, you see, in the midst of the darkness that tries to surround me, God himself and his word invades that darkness. And it brings illumination and it brings revelation. And now I have the ability to stand firm in the midst of that darkness. I have the ability to walk with confidence. I have the ability to walk with courage. I have the ability to walk with purpose. I have the ability to walk in faith. Because now the word will tell me when to stand. The word will tell me when to walk. The word will tell me when to run. All right, the illuminating effect of God's word in my life is it provides me a firm and stable foundation in the midst of that darkness. All right, think about this. Let me give you a couple of scriptures. Psalm 18, he makes my feet like the feet of the deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. Zabakuk, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. Psalm 121, may help my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Psalm 17, my steps have held to your path. My feet have not stumbled. I love this one. Psalm 37, the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom, and their tongues speak is what is just. The law of their God is on their hearts, and their feet do not slip. You see, I want you to understand something this morning. You can go through dark times and you can go through the dark moments and you can go through the dark places of your life because it is the word of God that comes in, brings illumination, brings revelation, and now your feet have something firm to stand upon. The word of God is a firm standing point. The problem is some of us, we don't know what is written we don't care what is written. We don't take enough time to know what is written. We don't take enough time to know the word of God. Therefore, when darkness comes, we're surrounded by it, we're consumed by it, and we don't know what to do. You've seen the darkness, and it has paralyzed you. You've experienced the darkness. It's caused you to stop. It has silenced you. You're like Haman, where it's changed the song of your heart. It's changed the confidence of your life. The Bible says in Psalm 40, a famous scripture, he lifted me out of the pit, out of the mud and mire. He set my feet on a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. I promise you this morning, you're going through dark times, you're going through dark moments. If you allow the word of God to minister to your heart, you will stand firm. The dark times of my life, the ability to do some of what I've done came because of the word of God. Because of the word of God spoken into my heart. The word of God when I could read and gets into my spirit. It's God's word. It's illumination that brings revelation that gives you a foundation. But then I looked at this and it's like interesting. It's a lamp to my feet, 
but it says it's a light to the path. It's a light to the path. Hmm. You see, God's word is the illumination that brings revelation, which then gives direction. How many know there's lots of paths you can take? But how many know there's usually one path that's marked by God? 2017, I decided to do something really crazy and stupid. Run a seven-mile race. Yes. It's her fault. So I, I, ran, I ran what they called the path of the flood. Seven and a half miles, was it? Something like that. She did that crazy half-marathon stuff. So I'm running this race. It's over in Johnstown, and it follows the path of the flood. And it's part road race. It's part trail race. Really kind of cool thing, actually. It was really quite cool. And so after you, you, my starting point was like seven and a half miles away. And after I got to about three and a half, four miles, they, the, the, the organizers of this race decided it'd be a good idea that after four miles, after being tired, that we should have them run through a dark tunnel that is pitch black inside. Right? Not a good idea. Except for one thing. And I'm telling you, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face in that thing. Except what they did. It was called the, what's that thing called? The uh, something bend. Staple bend tunnel. Pretty cool thing. And what they did inside that tunnel was they took luminaries, bags of sand with a candle in, and they lit up the path. Because I'm telling you, without markers on the path, without a light illuminating the path, you are going to trip and fall on your face and probably rip your quad tendon off your kneecap. And what they did was they put markers on the path so you wouldn't trip. This is what my God does for us. Is he marks the path and says, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way. If you follow this path, you won't trip, you won't fall. All right? You see, not only, because God's word is the illumination that then gives me direction in my life. Okay, but listen to me for a moment. I want you to understand something. Because God's word doesn't just light up the path. It is the path. It, it, it is the path. Like, it's so cool that you can pick up the word of God, and it's not just marking out a path. It is the path in and of itself. All right? Listen to some of the scriptures I want to read you. My steps have held to your path, and my feet have not stumbled. What's the scripture telling us? If I hold to his path, my feet will not stumble. How do I hold to his path? His word. His word marks out the path. All right? Psalm 18, you provide a broad path for my feet so my ankles do not give away. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. That's from Psalm 23. Listen to the verses in chapter 119. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to the word. Listen to me, man. There's a whole lot of people telling you a whole lot of stuff out there today. And there's a whole lot of voices. There's a whole lot of things happening out in this society today, in this culture today. And there's an enemy who's active and rampant to try to redefine what God has already defined. God has defined what marriage is. Don't allow him to redefine it. I'm just telling you. Because, listen to me for a minute. Because the, the, the trick of the enemy is what he cannot destroy, he will redefine. Because if he can redefine it, he can undermine it. All right? The Bible clearly says that God is the author of identity, of gender. Okay? Listen to me, young people. You wanna, I'm going to tell you something real quick. If you want to know the path of purity, it's found in the Word of God. 
It's found in the Word of God. It's not found in all this other, some of this stuff you're hearing. Uh, your path led through the sea. Remember the people God came out of Israel, or come out of Egypt? And when they come out of Egypt, God marked a path. And that path he marked for them, what? Led them through the Red Sea into the freedom. He said, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. Direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. What am I saying to you this morning? I'm saying this morning that it's the word of God that lights up the dark places, that gives me the foundation to stand, but also marks out the path for me to be able to take. The question I have is, do you know the word of God? Do you know what is written? Do you care what is written? Or do you want to run your own path? You see, God's word, as I said to you, just doesn't just light up the path. It is the path. God doesn't just, and listen to me, not only that, but God doesn't just light up the path. He is the path. Let me say that again. He doesn't just light up the path. He is the path. Because Jesus said what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm almost done already. Say praise God. But that's only the first closing. There'll be three more. Think about this guy that we introduced this message with, Heman. I'm overwhelmed with troubles. I'm like one without strength. I'm in the darkest depths. You've taken my closest friends. My eyes are dim with grief. Darkness is my closest friend. There's people in here today, you have faced dark times. You're going, you may be going through it right now. It is written to light up the darkness. Dark places. For some, it's unfulfilled dreams. For some, it's the darkness of marriage issues. Your heart has been broken and your heart has been crushed. For some, it's death. Death has caused darkness to consume you. Death has surrounded you. Darkness of death has surrounded you. The mourning, the sorrow that goes with it. Wayward children. Oh, I mean, they can give you dark times. Sickness, cancer. You see, there's, there's this darkness that's trying to envelop you. These times of darkness can be characterized by sadness, mourning. Have you ever been so sad? Have you ever just been so sad? When you're so sad and you don't know what to do, and then God, and then God, comes in and speaks a word or gives you a word that raises your countenance. It doesn't change the situation. It just changes your countenance. It, it can be characterized by sadness, mourning, questioning. Have you ever found yourself with more questions than answers? If you have, pick up the word. Confusion, emotional upheaval, uncertainty, doubt, a sense of dread or hopelessness, despondency, apathy. I want you to know something. I'm promising today that there's light in the midst of the darkness. That light is God. That light is God's word. It is written. It is spoken to give you a short foundation. It is written. It is spoken to mark a path for you to be able to walk out. 
It is written to cause you to be able to stand when you need to stand. Because how many know sometimes there's nothing else to do but stand? You stand until what? You stand until you get a word from God. You stand until you read a word of God. You stand until you get direction from your God. Because what happens in the absence of that word, you'll take things upon your own. And when you take things upon your own, how many know you'll probably make a bigger mess than you're already in? How many ever done that? You see, you stand until he tells you that. You walk when he tells you to walk. You move when he tells you to move. And all of a sudden, his word tells you when you can run. It is written to illuminate the darkness. You see, darkness, come on, Troy. Everybody say, yeah, praise the Lord. Darkness is the absence of light. You, you, they, they, you, you can't have the two exist together. You just can't. You cannot have absolute darkness and have light at the same time. So I got to say something to you. If darkness is absence of light, then I have this to say. If God is light and you are consumed by darkness, it could be because you haven't allowed God to light up the darkness. When the Bible says, a pro listen to me, when the, the Bible's not a book of suggestions. The Bible's a book of promises. The Bible's a book of commands. The Bible's a book of, of, of many things, but it is not a book of suggestions. It is saying to you, listen to me, when you're in a dark place, his word will light it up. When you're in a dark moment, his word will light it up. It is a promise from God this morning. It's a promise. But see, here's the problem. Some of us have gotten so used to the darkness, we don't know it's darkness. We don't know it's darkness because we've gotten used to it. The interesting thing about darkness is it won't kill you, but it will debilitate you. How many of you live long, long enough in darkness you won't be able to see? And the reason some of you can't see this morning is because you've lived so long in darkness that your sin is okay. No, it's not. Your hard heart is okay. No, it's not. Your offense is okay. No, it's not. Your grudge is okay. No, it's not. The only reason you say it is because God, you've not allowed God to shine his light in that darkness. If God is light and you are consumed by darkness, it could be because you haven't allowed God to light it up. It is written to light up the darkness. And I promise you here today that his word always does what God sends it forth to do. I promise you today that it is he who is in the midst of your darkness. That when you find yourself consumed by it, surrounded by it, and you hear a voice that says, this is the way, or this is the way, that now you know that if you take one more step, you're going off that cliff. But because God lit it up, you don't take that step. You don't take that step. And you know when you get to a crossroad. And that crossroad is, I want to go this way because it'll be easier. 
I want to go this way to escape the pain. I want to go this way to escape the confusion. I want to go this way. And God said, no, no, no. I've marked out the path. I've marked it out. My word has marked it out. My word has illuminated it. My word has illuminated the path. That's how crazy good my God is. Bible says, prophesying Jesus, those who sat in darkness saw a great light. Come on. How many know this all starts and ends with Jesus? Because Jesus is the Word. Darkness has no power over you. Darkness has no power over you. The enemy has no power over you. The only power darkness has over you is the power you give it. I'm not telling you you don't feel its effect. I'm not telling you you won't feel it. I'm not telling you you won't go through it. I'm not telling all moments of darkness are something that's wrong. Darkness comes from life sometimes. Life hurts sometimes. It hurts to lose a child. It hurts to lose a mother. It hurts to lose a father. It hurts to lose grandchildren. It hurts to have rejection of a, of a spouse. It hurts. It's dark. But in that darkness, it's against that canvas of darkness that reveals just how bright God is. I asked Troy to sing a song today. I got the lyrics somewhere. I'm almost done. You know this song. Come on, worship team. Come on up here while I'm talking. You don't have to sneak. Everybody knows you're coming. It's the sneaking worship team. <laughs> I'm such a smart like sometimes. Okay, we're going to sneak up here. We got 27 people heading to the platform, but we're going to do it sneaky. Listen to these words. Peace, bringing it all to peace. The storm surrounding me. Let it break at your name. Still call the sea to still, the rage in me to still. Every wave at your name. Now here it is. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. You make the darkness tremble. You silence the fear. You make the darkness tremble. Hmm. Breathe. Call these bones to live. Call these lungs to sing. Once again, I praise. And in the chorus, again, you make the darkness tremble. You silence fear. You make the darkness tremble. And it goes on and on. You, your name is a light that the shadows cannot deny. Your name cannot be overcome. Your name is alive forever, lifted high. Oh, I love the verses. I love the words to this song. I'm here today to tell you that you might have some darkness in your life. 
And some of it might be caused by the enemy. Some of it may be caused by you. Some of it may be caused by decisions you've made. It might be the decisions of others. And that darkness is trying to consume you. The enemy is trying to make you, destroy you through it. I got a news for you this morning. The Bible says to me that God is light and his word is light. And I'm telling you, the darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. The darkness trembles that Jesus is on the scene. The darkness trembles. He doesn't tremble at me. He trembles at him. And I'm telling you this morning that God wrote it to light up the darkness. It is written and it is spoken to light up this darkness. Come on, stand with me. Sing this song with me. Sing this song. Sing. Listen to me. You might be going through a dark time. You sing this song this morning. That my darkness is going to tremble at the name of Jesus. My darkness is trembling right now. Right now, it's trembling because of Jesus. Father, all through Scripture, we see you bringing light into darkness. At creation, you said, let there be light. And by a word, there was light in the midst of darkness. You used a pillar of fire to lead your people out of bondage. You used light in the night to guide their way. You used your Son for those who sat in darkness to be able to be delivered from that darkness. And Father, this day, you're still the God of light. You're still a God, the God who invades the darkness, that penetrates the darkness, that permeates the darkness. And we are people of light. And when darkness comes, we say the name of Jesus. When darkness comes, we Pick up the word of God. When darkness comes, we say it is written. So Father, may this word, may this word today not just be a word that we hear and we say, that was a good word, but may it be a word that becomes a staple of our life. That the lamp to my feet is the word of God, the light to my path that marks the way is the Word of God. And I will stand, and I will walk, and I run with confidence because you have marked the path before me. This day, this week, may darkness be invaded by your light in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week. God loves you. Get in the Word this week. Get in the Word this week.